0: You're listening to Blue Yonder, with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Street, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. Fellow podcasting host uh, cannot join me this evening. And you know what that means? That's right, it's a Desert Island cast. Turns out that Jim and Peter and I were headed to Tokyo. We we're going to take in the Tokyo uh, Video Game Convention. It's something that we, we've been dreaming about for a long time, actually. Peter, so excited. Uh, he sold his giant uh, uh, Orcus Demon uh, DD figurine, he sold his magic collection. He pawned off his uh, PlayStation and and, uh, uh, computer rig and even his World of Warcraft accounts just to afford it. And uh, we all scrimped and saved, and we're going to head to the airport. And uh, we made it as far as Los Angeles. And uh, then we had to, uh, for some reason, leave the airport, come back in, go through security. And uh, sure enough, I got selected for the backscatter radiation exam, and I opted out. Because today's opt-out day. And, uh, you know, they they, they they put me in line for the enhanced pat-down, and I was fondled and molested by this TSA screener, this big burly bull TSA screener. And uh, I didn't handle it so well. Uh, I kind of went catatonic, curled up in a ball, wept. Um, you know, he took things from me that uh, I didn't know I had to give. And, uh, you know, Jim and Peter were shocked. Uh, They kind of uh, helped him board the plane. And we got to altitude and over to ocean. And uh, I just snapped. And uh, I kind of went all carry on them and uh, lashed out with my fire-spewing pineal gland. And uh, brought the plane down. Kind of been an extreme reaction, but, uh, you know, the blood's on your hand, TSA. The blood's on your hand uh, for fondling me in that way. And uh, making me so angry and upset about it. And it turns out I washed up on a a desert isle. And the co-hosts are both dead, lost at sea. Uh, I do have uh, quite a bit of wreckage. I'm the lone survivor. I have quite a bit of wreckage that's that's, uh, washed up on shore. I've got my trusty blackberry that somehow survived the dip to the drink and to the brine and uh i've managed to record this podcast with the last vestiges of the battery and i've got a coconut shell that i've lined with scraps of uh aluminum foil that i've recovered from the plane and i'm going to somehow harness the internal antenna of the blackberry and and uh, bounce this signal uh invert its po- uh polarity and shoot a tachyon stream and bounce it off the moon and somehow get into servers on the internet and post it, uh, if all things go well by tomorrow. So you'll be able to hear it. Um, as is our custom, when we go down and are the lone survivors and we are, uh, all of the other castmates are dead. Uh, I have selected a top seven list of some sort of entertainment that will reveal something of my character and, uh, maybe give you some new things to think about. Uh, I thought uh, that I would take my top seven movies, but, you know, Jim, shit, he had TV shows. There's like 60, 70 episodes in some of those TV shows. Peter had video games. You get, you know, some of those RPGs get 40, 50 hours of entertainment. So I call bullshit. They stuck me with movies. Bullshit, listeners. So I'm taking the top seven directors of all time to this desert island and all of their works. I'm actually not taking the directors. They didn't make, they were on the plane. Um, even the ones that were already dead, it's kind of creepy. Um, but I'm taking their, their combined works. And I've, uh, I think I originally was going to cheat, uh, and say that anything that was written or directed or produced by a filmmaker would make the cut. And you probably know where I'm going with that. I was trying to sneak uh, all the Star Wars uh, and George Lucas um, onto the Desert Isle because, you know, The Empire Strikes Back is probably one of my all-time favorite films. Um, I don't know if it's my all-time favorite adult film, but I can't imagine not having it in my life. But George Lucas just if you, if you encompass his credits to include production things, he gets a couple more movies, but really if you just strict stick with directorial, you've got the original star Wars, which is not my favorite. Um, you've got uh THX uh, 1138, which is okay. And you got American graffiti, which is a perfectly decent film, but it's not something I'd want to watch over and over and over again and, and get new insights into thing like that. So um, I he did not make the cut. Uh, I'm sure that's kind of shocking, but I just couldn't, in a good conscience, bend the rules to in, in, include things. If I said as directors, I couldn't say, you know, things that they produced or written or threw money at. So I had to stick with uh, uh, directors. Um, and the first uh director that I did bring to the island is the Coen Brothers. So I kind of did cheat. Uh, but I think it's defensible. These guys make movies as a pair. It's kind of like the Wachowskis. You can't bring a Wachowski brother. They don't make movies independently. Um, they make movies as a team. It's it's um, They write and direct these things together. And uh, you think about their entire filmography. I mean, uh, Raising Arizona, uh, Nicolas Cage, absolutely hysterical. Uh, such, so many deadpan, uh, moments of humor, so much bizarre, uh, surreal humor that kind of becomes their, uh, hallmark. And before I go on, I tried to pick uh, a balance between directors that I have was familiar with the catalog and also that brought an extended catalog that I hadn't seen, maybe some of their early works, maybe some of their later works, maybe things I missed here and there, uh, for various reasons, Uh, And I think the Coen brothers are a perfect illustration of that because I've seen Raising Arizona. It's wonderful. I've seen Hudsucker Proxy. Um, I don't know how popular this movie is, but I actually quite like it. Uh, It's about a it's kind of one of those fish out of water tales where these the plot is these executives of a company handpick this what they feel is a moron out of the mailroom to be the new CEO, hopefully to drive the stock price down so they can take over the company or something like that. It ends up the man invents the hula hoop, which makes buku bucks, and you know they try to take him down. Wonderfully written, uh, quirky, offbeat sense of humor, kind of a Coen Brothers hallmark. Uh, you get Fargo, one of the finest uh, movies made in the last 20 years. Um, Not only is it quirky and offbeat and kind of funny, but also has this really gritty kind of film noir feel to it, which is another, you know, uh, hallmark of the Coen brothers. They do quirky and they do, you know, gritty uh, crime, uh, reality-based crime dramas. Um, So, you know, those three movies are pretty strong on their own, but we don't stop there. We've got uh, The Big Lebowski, uh, one of the funniest uh you know if you're not drunk and or high it's a great movie if you are under the chemical influence of any uh, of some substance it takes it over the top um Jeff Bridges the dude uh, if you haven't seen that movie you need to stop the podcast right now uh come fly over my way uh out with your fiery pineal gland about 3 hours into the trip to Japan from LAX and crash on this island with me, plop down on this this uh, sandy beach and, and watch it with me because it, it's great. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Not one of their most popular films, but I like it because I like George Clooney. Uh, and I like the fact that they kind of took that uh, classic uh, a tale of, uh, um, is it Ulysses or the Odyssey? I can't remember. The Iliad? Maybe it's Ulysses. Maybe it's the Odyssey. I think it's the Odyssey. They took that Homerian uh, epic poem and uh, kind of took that as a pastiche or uh, something to nail the plot onto and uh, made it into a really special period piece. Um, Lady Killers, another one that I don't know why it flopped because it has you know, one of the craziest damn uh, Tom Hanks performances of all time. He plays this really peculiar character. It's a heist film. Uh, about uh, but it's a kind of screwball heist film about these guys are trying to rob, I think it's a casino or a bank, and they're living in this uh, uh you know, imposing large black woman's basement, uh, pretending to be musicians, uh, to cover their attempts to break into this uh, nearby vault. And again, a screwball off kilter, wonderful. Uh, burn after reading. Um, something that just came out like two years ago, and I actually didn't like this one. I thought it was too dark. The tone was too uneven. Uh, they didn't have any likable characters, in my opinion, and you need at least one or two to kind of root for. And by the end of the movie, I thought I was rooting for a couple of them, and they just ended up continually being disgusting people. And uh, you know, I had a hard time with that. But maybe I'll change my mind after a couple dozen viewings of it. Then we get into the part of the ca- uh, their catalog that I've not seen. Uh, Blood Simple, their first movie. Um, intriguing title. Uh, Crime Wave, uh, which they wrote. And I think Sam Raimi of Spider-Man and Evil Dead fame uh, co-directed. Uh, fa- I'd be fascinated to see what kind of low-budget uh, awesomeness is in there. Uh, Miller's Crossing, which is a, a Prohibition-era film noir uh, film with Gabriel Brine, or Byrne. Um, of Usual Suspects and Excalibur Fame, and John Turturro from you know probably know him best as TV's Monk, who also keeps recurring in Coen Brothers films. They're very faithful to actors like uh, Francis McDermott, I think, is her name, and uh, they use Clooney a lot. They use this uh, Turturro a lot, uh, uh, John Goodman a lot, uh, Barton Fink, um, which is a, a very critically acclaimed piece about a playwright with writer's block that I would like to see. Uh, the man who wasn't there again, a noirish, noirish, uh, film with Billy Bob Thornton, the most hillbilly of all actor names, by the way, Billy Bob Thornton, um, intolerable cruelty, which I think I might've seen George Clooney and Catherine Zeta Jones at the height of her powers. Um, I think I actually saw this one back five, six years ago, but it must've been pretty forgettable. Um, but it's got some decent eye candy in it. And uh, sit down. I have not seen No Country for Old Men. That was released in the two to three year period that I like to call my dark ages, where it's like reme- immediately after my divorce, I had no money. Uh, I was extremely busy with the new job promotion. I hardly saw any movies at all. Um, and I missed almost the entire crop of Oscar films that year. Um, if it wasn't like really crazy pop culture or pop right in my wheelhouse, like a science fiction or fantasy film. I didn't see it that year or kids film. I saw a lot of kids films. Um, but you know what? I can't say anything cause I haven't seen it. I understand it's just crazy, uh, powerful uh, gripping uh, has one of the best villains of all time in it. Um, and I can't wait to rip into that one. And then a serious man last year described as a gentle, but dark comedy based on the book of Job. Uh, you gotta love that. I mean, it'll work for O Brother Where Art Thou, in my opinion. Uh, pinning something on a, um, you know, literary work. So, the Bible Book of Job, in this case. Looking forward to that. Um, my second director, whose works I'm bringing to the sandy shores of Bumfuck Island, is Wes Anderson. Now, this might be a controversial pick. And the other thing, I'm not really a film snob, um... Like, I consider myself a step above the unwashed masses and that I do see, you know, art films and documentaries occasionally in in indie films. But I'm not a film snob in that uh, I don't think any of these guys, except for maybe one or two, have ever made it to any kind of top ten director list of all time. But these are guys I like. I like their sense of humor. I like their style. I like the way they write, the way they use actors. And Wes Anderson definitely fits in that. Uh, I've seen Rushmore which for me put Jason Schwartzman on the map. Um, I've seen Royal Tenenbaums, which I didn't like as much, and I think it's 100% because of Gwyneth Paltrow. I hate this woman. She is my kryptonite. I don't know why, but she sets my teeth on edge. Um, Iron Man, the movie's greatest accomplishment, was that it made me forget that I hate her for you know 110 minutes or whatever its running time was. Iron Man 2 did not succeed on that count. The Life Aquatic with Steve uh, Zizou. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Wes Anderson and his brilliance that allows him to attract a talent like Bill Murray consistently. I mean, he's in almost every one of their films, except for perhaps one. But he does such a great job of playing this weird, kind of like spaced out alcoholic version of Jacques Cousteau on this mad revenge Uh, for this uh, particular breed of shark killing his partner. Um, It's got everything in it. It's got offbeat comedy. It's got a really surprisingly awesome action scene. It's got uh, girls running around topless. Uh, Everything that you want in this movie, it's got. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think that was my favorite film of 2009. And until uh, Scott Pilgrim came along, I think it was probably the coolest film uh, that I had seen. Um, if you haven't seen it, you got to take it in. It's got stop motion, uh, animals. Uh, George Clooney plays a fox. has an all-star cast. All the Owen brothers are in it. Bill Murray plays a badger, hysterical. And it's about this fox's war on uh, three farmers. Um, Bulger, Bunce, and Bean, I believe it. Uh, and, you know, them... Him stealing from them, them attacking their family, how he drags all the animals into it. It's very clever. It's almost like Ocean's Eleven, only with uh, stop-motion animals. And it's just so damn cool. And the fur looks so real. If you see, get a chance to watch it on Blu-ray on a really nice rig, and it just pops. Fantastic. And uh, two films for, by him I haven't seen, Bottle Rocket. Um, don't know anything about it. Darjeeling Limited, I have no idea I, have not, I don't know anything about either of those films except for he made it. They seem to be fairly popular, um, and I want to see them. So he's got uh, one, two, three, four films. Absolutely, I'm over to moon four, and two films that I'm excited to see. A uh, Nice little mix there. Third director, Edgar Wright. Uh, this guy directed three films that you've probably heard us talk about. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim. They are all funny, they are all incredibly well made, with this very modern sensibility of this rapid style editing, but yet he never manages to lose sight of the action or what's going on. Um, and, and they're very cool. Um, Shaun of the Dead, very cool funny take on zombies, Hot Fuzz, very funny take on the buddy cop film. Um, both of those starring Simon Pegg and uh, the big fat dumb dude. uh, Don't know his name. But um, very, very interested in that. And then he's also made uh, three films. I have no idea what they're about. Dead Bright, Fistful of Fingers, a British film that has an amazing title. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? And a film made uh, he called Don't. He also directed a television series uh, that's starring and written by Simon Pegg. Uh, and a uh, description of this on Wikipedia, it's noted for its rapid-fire editing, frequent pop culture references and jokes, eclectic music, and occasional displays of surrealism and non-sequitur humor. Two series of seven episodes each were broadcast, and so you've got, what, uh, two series, of, that's 14 episodes, uh, 14 more hours of, of content. And, you know, they had me at rapid fire editing, pop culture references, and surreal humor. Love that about this guy. Very excited to see the stuff I haven't seen. And again, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and Scott Pilgrim. I've already discussed Scott Pilgrim on this cast enough. It's in my pantheon already. Uh, I got to have this guy on the island with me. Um, Next one is a no brainer. And he actually flirts with genuine greatness. Uh, Acknowledged on many top 10 lists uh, Steven Spielberg He succeeds in a way that George Lucas doesn't um, Because he doesn't just produce shit He directs it Uh, Check out this Check out this uh, filmography uh, Jaws Um, I probably Am going to have a hard time getting off this island Because it will involve getting in water And I'm going to be watching Jaws all the time And that's uh, not going to be conducive to that effort Close Encounters of the Third Time, one of the smartest takes, and he's got very incredibly smart takes on aliens, uh, up until later when he got a little exploitative. Um, You know, Close Encounters and E.T. were some of the very first movies that actually made aliens to be something other than bad guys that are just there to rape and pillage the Earth. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, all the Indiana Jones films. This guy, you know, with the exception of Crystal Skull, hit home runs. I mean, you can quibble about Temple of Doom I personally don't like it. I think it's okay. I think he made a mistake of casting uh, a girl he was hot for in an important uh, uh, lead um, of uh, in the in the Reggie role the annoying blonde the girl that was always shrieking and you know acting like a jackass um, but it's still you know if that's your worst film you're doing pretty good. Poltergeist genuinely scary tense film the color purple which I haven't seen but, you know, uh, very interested in it. Uh, empire of the sun. I bet a lot of people listening to this cast has not seen that. And it's the first appearance I can think of, of Christian Bale. He was maybe 10 or maybe 12, 13 years old, <clears throat> plays a, uh, uh, a little boy that grows up in a prisoner of war camp in Japan during world war two. Uh, fantastic piece. Um, just just an a, a, amazing film wonderful visuals um just, just really kind of trippy stuff that happens in a film uh if you haven't seen it you got to check it out uh always kind of a sappy fl- uh, flick with mel gibson um you know again this is your worst film hook uh which i've only seen once as a teenager and anything you see as a teenager you kind of Maybe want to go back and look at with adult eyes because a lot of stuff you dismiss as uncool, you know, it might just be a phase you're going through. And I've had a girlfriend that was just head over heels about Hook, so I definitely look forward to giving it another shot. Jurassic Park, not a great uh, piece of work, but definitely suspense- uh, suspenseful. It's got a memorable uh, role uh, with Jeff Goldblum in it. Um, The uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson pulling off a badass system admin, uh, something I aspire to be. Um, Awesome special effects. It still holds up to this day. Um, Love that film. Uh, I just wish I could get the fan edit that has the kids edited out because they are by far between the little kid... Little boy being a just complete uh, jackass, and the girl like this is this is Unix. I know this as she's navigating some, I don't know what was that like a SunSpark workstation, some Indigo deal. Um, I don't know. It broke down a little bit in that department, but still a fine film. Saving Private Ryan, one of the greatest war modern uh, war movies ever made. Artificial intelligence, AI. I don't know how many other people like this, but I it really affects me emotionally. I have a very complicated relationship with my own mother. Um, you know, just to go on a personal note, my mother's basically disowned me uh, for religious reasons. And uh, that's sometimes hard to deal with. And this is basically about a boy who uh, is a robot and has given to a mother... Uh, As a replacement for a son that the family gives up as dead because he's in a coma, and the father doesn't, everything's going to come back, and he's a cyberneticist, so he gets this uh, android, and they program to be a son, and then the the other son comes back to life. And now this is just like, you know, the the mother looks at this boy as some freak and abandons him in the woods, and it shows, it takes him on a trek to try to, this android to try to find his own meaning and reconcile his relationship with his mother. And the last 15 minutes, if you've got any kind of mommy issues at all, are absolutely devastating. So this is a personal favorite of mine. Again, you know, your mileage may vary. Catch Me If You Can, another good one, Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. One of the lighter roles. I think it's arguable that he was crazy in this film, or at least he had some kind of... Uh, neurosis Uh, but it's one of the most normal uh, light-hearted films you can uh, have uh, see Leonardo DiCaprio in Uh, basically he plays this uh, uncanny natural con artist that from a very young age like he's 16 years old and pulls off that he's a, a captain of an airline and he steals people's paychecks and he makes tons of money and Um, I think it's, another interesting piece that uh, exploring about identity and what it means to be, you know, uh, uh, who you are and, and, and what, uh, you know, reality is, uh, how much of that is, how much of you is what you say and what what image you uh, um, project into the world, uh, what happens when that image gets shattered, how hard it is to maintain kind of like a double life um a lot of this stuff has uh, has meaning to me and i thought it was you know entertaining entertaining film uh <clears throat> got to see a a talk that the uh the real life catch me if you can guy gave at a uh, a conference and 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 read his book about his life story uh, very interesting guy um minority report every single time i see this it gets better and better um i thought it was just merely cool when it first came out but i actually think it has a lot of really deep meaning to it. Uh, Some very effective, suspenseful scenes uh, as you'd expect from Spielberg. Um, Great movie about the future and uh, what would the world would be like if you could catch crime and stop murders before they even happen. (coughs) The terminal. Sorry. I've got a little bit of uh, a, a post pineal gland fire spewing tickle in my throat. You'll have to forgive me. Because if you don't, I'll set you on fire with my mind over the internet. Um, the Terminal, I don't know. It was interesting. I've seen it once. Uh, this is the one where Tom Hanks plays a, a barely lingual immigrant that's stuck in a flight terminal for like two years. Um, and then, I mean, good God, have I listed 20 movies that are pretty much solid gold? The the, the bottom three are still better than what you what you'd normally get. Um then there's films I've never seen of his, Amblin, Duel, these are two of his like early works, Sugarland Express, which won some awards, I have no idea what it's about. 1941. Uh it is a period farce set in World War II and it's got John Belushi in it. What more do you want? Um I'm in. I want to see it. I can't believe I haven't seen it already. Twilight Zone the movie, <clears throat> haven't seen. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. Should be, you know, There's worse ways to spend two hours, surely. Munich. Um, This is about the Israeli special forces team that tracked down... um, uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about the history. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But basically, you know, Steven Spielberg is a Jew. And he likes kind of exploring the heart of darkness aspect of uh you know that experience and sometimes he goes on you know it's it's been argued that Indiana Jones for example is one big uh Jewish boys fantasy about a guy giving it to the Nazis real good and this is about uh these Israeli operatives tracking down and and getting revenge on the uh uh, uh political faction and, and the terrorists that uh, killed uh, several uh, Jewish Olympiads back in the 70s, I believe. Um, War of the Worlds. Eh, this was really right in my wheelhouse, and I didn't see it just because Tom Cruise is going through that bizarro Scientology phase, and I just couldn't in good conscience throw money at it. I've heard that it's pretty creepy, and it's actually... Uh, very faithful to the books. Uh, the uh, I read the book back in high school. Thought it was I, I loved it. So you know I'm stuck on a desert island. Uh, Tom Cruise Scientology can't touch me here. Uh, I'm gonna give it a, a, a go. Another kind of controversial pick, um, Francis Ford Coppola, or Coppola. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. <laughs> I mean he's got several indisputably great films and then he just kind of fell off the face of the earth godfather one and two unequivocally great movies if you haven't seen it again go grab the blu-rays and watch these films they will change your life and really revolutionize the way you think about american cinema um how uh you can use lighting how you can use camera angles uh, and how music and pacing and and spatial isolation can um increase the tension of a scene it's it's a, it's it's a, a clinic i mean if you get a copy where he's got a commentary where he explains all the why's he did things and how his pal george lucas actually helped in, in putting together and editing um amazing film uh dracula uh gary oldman plays Dr- uh, count dracula Uh, For my money, it's one of the best renditions of the uh, classic tale, the Bram Stoker tale, which I think is is creepy. Um, I think uh, reading that book in the middle of the night, alone, in the dark, is one of the creepier experiences one can have. And this picture accurately portrays that. Also has a very young, nearly naked, vampiric Monica uh, Bellucci, uh, who was uh, Persephone from The Matrix, if you recall her, how hot she was. Imagine her, like, 15 years younger and going down on Keanu Reeves' crotch. Keanu Reeves' crotch. Yeah. Um, And then she feeds on a baby, like, immediately after that. Spoiler. Um, So, you know, gets you going and then shuts you down. Apocalypse Now. um, You know, Brando. If you haven't seen it again, what the hell's wrong with you? Go see it. Patton. Haven't actually seen this. Um you know, before I get, uh, I I forgot one other he made, The Rainmaker, um, a Matt Damon film <clears throat> that's based on a John Grisham novel. Uh, I r- really love this film. I think it's the best of the John Grisham uh, adaptations. Uh, Matt Damon is perfect in it. Um, it's just got so much things going on. It's got his struggle against uh, to represent a poor family, against a a giant fraudulent insurance company. It's got him trying to save a young Claire Danes from an abusive boyfriend. Um, It's just terrific. It's funny. It's tense. Uh, You know, heartwarming, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But then you got Patton. Um, You know, this is like one of George C. Scott's, you know, fuck you. I'm awesome roles of all time. Patton is an amazing character. Uh, I know a lot about Patton. I haven't seen the movie. Looking forward to taking that in. Um, the then he's got a bunch of other that's were made in the sixties and seventies. Never heard of, but they're you know award winning. The Conversation, The Cotton Club, Peggy Sue Got Married, which was kind of popular in the eighties. I'm interested in seeing that. Um, and then I'm going to cheat and say that I get his daughter's Lost in Translation work too because, you know, she got the same last name, and that film is freaking awesome. It's got Bill Murray in it and Scarlett Johansson's. Uh, nearly naked ass so it's coming to me on the island i need some uh me time on the island and uh, that scene's going to be one of those me times um but basically i'm bringing him for godfather apocalypse now rainmaker and Patton, and scott johansson's ass uh my sixth director stanley kubrick another controversial one. He makes kind of almost great lists. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't get him or maybe I'm just quirky like him, but, uh, you know, Spartacus, uh, if you think that gladiator with Kurt Russell, um, is good or no Russell Crowe, you need to see Spartacus because before, you know, gladiator was awesome. Spartacus did gladiator. um, <clears throat> Dr. Strangelove. I think Jim's talked about this before. Um, it might be, until I saw Batman, the movie from the 1960s, I think this was my favorite farce. Um, and it's still a much better made, more intentional, well-crafted farce. Um, it's got so many iconic scenes. You know, Gentlemen, there's no fighting in the war room. And the crazy ex-Nazi doctor that they've got um, in the f- film's final scenes that can barely restrain himself from giving up Heil Hitler's. and It doesn't sound funny until you watch it. Um, this crazy general talking about the Russians contaminating our precious bodily fluids. Um, it's just so goddamn funny. And uh, such a great political satire. Um, and how the world really works. I mean, you can't, you keep on thinking that we get past Cold War mentality. You know, as of today, you know, North Korea shelled South Korea, South Korea shelled back. They're talking about massive retaliation. There's nukes in that region. It's scary stuff. And, you know, human history repeats itself, and this film just keeps getting smarter and smarter. 2001, A Space Odyssey. Um, wow. I mean, this movie is so cool that Apple ripped it off for a. a uh, marketing campaign and, you know, it can't get much better, better than that. For its day, the special effects were awesome. Hardcore science fiction um, still holds up. I uh, love that movie. The Shining um, You know, it's got one of the best performances of Jack Nicholson's career. It's genuinely creepy. There's some horrifying visuals um, You know, I, I I don't know if I'd say it's scary, but it's it's definitely creepy and suspenseful. Uh, Full Metal Jacket, you know, everybody's seen that. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut, Uh, we're going to get to the things I haven't seen of his. Eyes Wide Shut, Um, you know, it's got Nicole uh, Kidman naked in it, I guess. Again, I need some me time, and, uh, you know, nudity's never never bad. Um, I know it kind of, like, really mixed critics because it was, like, his last hurrah, and it didn't, you know, satisfy everybody, but, you know, I want to see it make my own mind up. Uh, a Clockwork Orange. Um, you know, this is one of Malcolm McDowell's famous roles. Uh, uh, about the lads out with her, little ultraviolence, and it's got the famous uh, conditioning scene. Uh, you know, I've not seen this movie, but I feel like I know so much about it because you know, Axl Rose bit off of it and a Guns N' Roses video, and um, I've heard that it's really amazing. Um, looking forward to seeing it on the beach Lolita. A guy made a movie about. A relationship between like a twelve-year-old girl and a grown teacher, and is somehow got to, you know a critically acclaimed uh, movie about pedophilia. I, I, it blows my mind. I've I, I mean I've got to see it and and see what's what's so good about it. And then two films that I've never heard of, uh, very early works of his in the early '60s and '70s, the Killing and Paths of Glory. Again, don't know nothing about them, but I'm excited that there's. Four or five hours of material of Stanley Kubrick that I haven't seen, don't know anything about, and can't wait to see his early work and how that influenced him and how he grew from there. Uh, Seventh director. Um, I've seen almost none of his work, but he is, you know, by all accounts, a great director, and that's Alfred Hitchcock. Um, I know that. Jim and Peter are going to pillory me me for uh, this suggestion or this director because I haven't seen any of his works, and you know we've always said that's a big mistake. You can't bring something to the desert island that you don't know if you're going to like or not. But he's so critically acclaimed, and he's so prolific that I just feel like you can't go wrong. Um, I'm going to go to his filmography and his rattle off. He made a whole bunch of stuff in England. He made a bunch of silent movies, But he's famous for the American era, uh, picture, um, he made, uh, you know, Dial M for Murder, uh, Rear Window to Catch a Thief, The Man Who Knew Too Much, Vertigo, North by Northwest, Psycho, The Birds, um, just amazing, suspenseful films, and I've I've not seen any of them except for a smattering... I think I've seen all of Psycho, and, and none of them are probably scary to this day, to, uh, in, in today's term, especially, I imagine, birds, but I've just heard so much about how he plays with psychological themes, and none of his shots are wasted, and the way he frames shots and the way he directs actors and actresses uh, is amazing. And I've had really good luck at going back and seeing old films like Casablanca, um, the Maltese Falcon, Ben Hur, Spartacus, um, Gone with the Wind, and being entertained. I mean, you got to understand that that uh, before the method acting came out, um, acting was different. I mean, people didn't act so much as like pretend they were real people. They they had a, a, their own language where it's like you know when you started having a monologue or you started to have this uh, soliloquy or you started talking about I remember when. Um, you would get this dramatic, and you'd look up into the heavens as you said it, and you know, so that was like, okay, if when I look up, I'm remembering something. It's kind of like you know, World, the Wayne's World thing he made. It's like that's a flashback. They had this whole language of like, when I do this, you're supposed to know that I'm feeling this emotion or I'm trying to project this, and it was so much more dramatic and so much more stage-like. People, you know, when you're sitting 200 feet away from someone on a Broadway stage, <clears throat> you have to project. You have to act very big. And people didn't figure out until relatively modern times, cinematically, that when you got a camera pulled on someone's face, they don't have to act that big. So if you can get over that and kind of see that I was a different era and different time, you can really appreciate guys like Errol Flynn, Humphrey Bogart, uh, Cary Grant, uh, how powerful a, 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 an image, Charleston Heston, um, that these guys were Yule Bry- Brenner. These guys were acting, action powerhouses. And something that drives me crazy about Jim and Peter, because they won't listen to me about what badasses some of these guys were. um, Because they're just like, oh, they're old, and, you know, they didn't have machine guns and all this other stuff. But it's like, I'm telling you, if they were in today's films, they would be great, you know, triple A, uh, plus, plus, plus badasses. But, uh, again, they don't listen to me. So that's why I'm I'm, I'm bringing it. I, I have an appreciation for classic cinema. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock is always mentioned as one of the top ten directors of all time. Uh, I recognize so much of his work, even though I haven't seen it. It's kind of like, it's sort of the way of Casablanca. If you haven't seen it and when you watch it, you'll immediately be struck by not only the famous things like, you know, our troubles don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world and here's looking at you, kid. But like every five minutes, there's this common expression in pop culture that comes from that movie or a shot that m- so many movies play homage to it's amazing. So, you know, I don't have anything against classic cinema. This guy's one of the best, uh, and I'm interested in seeing what it's all about. So this will conclude the desert Island series. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll come up with some other kind of shtick to go when, uh, the rest of the castmates get killed or off. Uh, I'm sure next week I'll, Make it back uh, to the mainland. In fact, I see a fractured piece of portalette on the beach that I think I can fashion out of its sail and you know, chop some bamboo down and make a raft and, and get the hell out of here, get my uh, ball Wilson and, 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 and sail back to the states. Uh, so we'll be able to join you next week. In the meantime, uh, boy, my, my, my Blackberry battery is just getting weak. Um, but you know you back home. If you can hear this, uh, we have a Facebook site, uh, uh, facebook.com slash baldmove. Uh, We have a forums, uh, forums forums.baldmove.com. You can reach us by email at uh, blueyonder at baldmove.com. We have a Twitter account, uh, twitter.com slash baldmove. Many ways you can uh, keep up to date. Uh, with us and, uh, oh, results of the contest, uh, right before I took the plane down, I heard that Tim from North Carolina, who's interesting. We were talking about who the hell listens to us from South Carolina. Well, it turns out the guy that won the Scott Pilgrim DVD listens to us. Um, I'm not sure why he shows up as South Carolina. If he's from North Carolina, it must be some kind of internet routing thing, but the mystery has been solved. We know who our fan is, uh, from, from the, uh, uh, Southeast. So thanks for that. Uh, I actually did mail your uh DVD out before I got onto the plane, so you should be getting it sometime this week, although, you know, the holidays and opt out day and all this craziness with travel, who knows what the postman's going to do. Um, let me know if you don't get it by say this time next week and uh, I'll I'll come up with something for you. Uh it was kind of fun. It was nice to get a, a listener response. We'll probably do some more contests in the future. Um but that'll do it for this week. Uh, again, try to resurrect my co host and get back to the mainland, and we'll see you next week. It's been fun. This is Aaron Hubbard. Signing off. Ciao.